You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Does it go to the outside? He's going to have to. Here he goes. And he's in the wall. Opens the door up for the one Ross Chastain. And on the outside, Kyle Larson added. Oh, my gosh. How about you? (laughs) Ross Chastain. Ross is the boss of Talladega. Ross just kept it straight. Everyone else went everywhere. Well, he was able to. The five (laughs) move, making that move to the outside, getting the big block by Eric Jones. Got him going. There you have it, Talladega, Geico 500, Ross Chastain, the watermelon man. One, and um, he told us in post-race, he said, I really didn't even know I won the dang thing until I got to the back straightaway. But then he uh, he smashed his watermelon and celebrated, and uh, the weekend was very, very good. Welcome to the Jay Barker Show. I'm Matt Coulter. Jay's in the house as well. Got a lot to talk about, though, Jay. First of all, Talladega experience, really, 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 really good. The weather was unbelievably co- cooperative, almost to the point where it was hot. No, it wasn't almost to the point. It was hot. 
but uh, had a good time, worked a lot, but I worked with great people. That was fine. How was Jay Barker's weekend? God, it's been a great weekend, a great week. And uh, I tell you, man, Matt is, um, you know, watching that race yesterday and just how he stayed kind of right in the middle of it all and all the chaos is kind of happening around him. And I think that straight line kept him uh, and enabled him to win. And, you know, there at the end, I know they talked a lot about that, but yeah, the watermelons and all that and, and seeing the crowd that was there to see the beautiful weather that happened all weekend. And I've been a part of beautiful week, uh, weather all week down here in, in Florida. So it's been uh, been a lot of fun, a lot of good family time. And uh, I really appreciate you guys over the last uh, week and uh, the things that you guys did to allow that to, to happen. I know you had a busy weekend this weekend. And, you know, one of the things that um, we really definitely see out there, and I know you probably had a lot of sponsorships to talk about for the Geico 500, the 188 lap. Uh, there at Talladega. We got a couple as well. Let's go ahead and bring those in. Presented by Top Golf of Birmingham, Mark Grenier, all the great folks there at Top Golf. Go by and check it out for yourself. It's great family, friends, coworkers, birthday parties, bachelor, bachelorette parties, any type of events. They do charitable events as well to help raise money, to help raise money for so many uh, different great ch- charities throughout our community and throughout the state, really throughout the world, uh, with Top Golf and Top Golf of Birmingham. We're driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street up in Oxford, Anderson. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at sunny king ford so t- tell us about your weekend i mean I, I mean i know how was the crowd you could kind of see it on tv it looked great the track yeah. looked awesome but i know you you're you're busy throughout it was so funny last night um we and i think i sent the video to you last night harrison and i were watching talladega nights and who pops up when matt Colton. Yeah. <laughs> they run that movie a lot when they race at talladega i i guess because mm-hmm. people tend to watch it more as the race approaches but uh yeah i made a buck 27 yesterday so that's that's all very very good. For those that don't know, I had a small role in Talladega Nights, and I still get re- residual checks. And seriously, uh, they're quarterly, and I think the last one was nine dollars and forty seven cents. So I'm not exactly getting rich off it, but boy, boy, people ask me about it all the time, and, and that's got to be a good thing. But uh, Ross, the boss, goes to Victory Lane. I'm standing there, you know. I, I have a little duty in Victory Lane. Not going to go into great detail about that. I look up and I said, man, that's an interesting looking hat. And I went, well, hell that's kid rock, but kid rock <laughs> is a part. Uh, and that's not, that's the second time. Um, I have seen him at Talladega. He's a big race fan. Uh, he is a big part of track house and you know, I'm not going to take too, too much of a left turn since you do a NASCAR, but track house is scoring big. You know, this is a new team. Ross Chastain is driving a full-time car on the cup circuit for the first time in his life. He already has two wins. And, and then the, you know, the pageantry, whatever you want to call it around it, crowds were fantastic. I haven't seen any estimates, but my estimate, and it's probably not too far off is that we had an excess of 100,000 people just on Sunday, but we had good crowds on Saturday too, for the two races there. Um, I love, you know, Ross Chastain is, I think, a fifth-generation watermelon farmer. And he really, that family farms watermelons down a, a little bit north of Naples. And obviously, the five generations, they're pretty good at it. And uh, when he wins races, somebody brings a watermelon, and he stands up on top of his car, and he smashes it right there on the track. And uh, he did so yesterday. That's awesome. And he came down to do his TV interview, and he picked a piece of it up said, I don't care. I know there's grease. I know there's gravel. There's no telling what's on this track, but I'm eating it. And he took a big piece and they ran out of the fence and handed a piece to a kid. <laughs> hey, no, no, son, don't put that in your mouth. But, uh, 
all in all, it was a 10 of a 10 weekend for me personally and for Talladega and for NASCAR. And, um, we can talk a little bit about it later, but Jake, I do manage to keep up with what's going on. Although when you get to Talladega, you're kind of on an Island, um, Mm-hmm. Just because you're so focused on that one event. But just real quickly, Stallions with a great comeback win, outscoring the Gamblers 21 to 10 in the second half. Transfer portal. Uh, did Tyler, Jay, did Tyler Harrell commit to Alabama Friday? Because I'm trying to get my weekends kind of mixed up. Is that is that old or new news? <laughs> it's new news. It's Friday or Saturday. I can't, I can't remember exactly when. I knew about it because I had somebody here at the beach with me that knew that that was happening. So I had some some uh, inside information early on about that, but couldn't mention anything about it to you guys. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're excited um, about getting him. I mean, he is a super fast uh, receiver, great kid. Um, he's going to be a great fit. I, I really think Alabama's maybe get two or three other guys over the next uh, few days. I think they got to, what, May 1st is when the – portal shuts down the door closes yep. so a lot of guys are out there you talk about some great defensive backs and tight ends even some offensive linemen uh, that could come in and be uh, really effective for the crimson tide right now so nick nick saban again just doing a great job with the portal managing that and um excited about this new receiver i mean a lot of the if you talk to wiggins and talk to some of the other guys there in alabama they think he's they'll, they'll never say it based on what jameson did last year but they think this kid's got the potential to be just as effective, if not maybe a little bit more speed. Um, it's crazy, you know, to think that you're going to get a guy like that coming in that can make an impact like that immediately from Louisville. But uh, that, that will be the case. I got to get your thoughts there real quick before we get to our first break. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool, cool when Clint Boyer uh, took the Davy Allison legendary number 28 around Talladega and the fans' reaction to that and just kind of how that felt for you because both of us had the pleasure and the opportunity to get to know the Allison family, still know you know, all the Allison's that are still with us, a lot of tragedy in that family, but also a lot of success, not just at that track, but also just in NASCAR in general, the Alabama game, uh, game. So I just wanted to get your thoughts about that and kind of the crowd reaction, seeing him go around the track, drive at number 28. Uh, I could go on and on about the, the Allison's and you knew when you and I were working together times before how fond I was of them. And I'll get to the Clint Boyer moment in just a second, but Friday evening in Talladega, there is a park. It's the Davy Allison Memorial Park, and they have a Hall of Fame there, and drivers are voted on by the fans. Well, guess who the driver that was inducted Friday night was Clint Boyer. And uh, I was privileged enough to be the MC for the event, so I got to see Clint, got to talk to him, and as you know, listening to him and talking to him, he's a funny guy. But he was so emotional about being a part of the Allison family that – he didn't break down, but I mean, you could just see it. You could see it in his eyes. You could see it in his face. Um, and he had a mm-hmm. wonderful speech and, and that was great. And the, and the, yesterday I'm driving to the, uh, start finish line and I, I, I passed, it was parked, but I passed the 28 Ford. Davy Allison's just sitting there in the infield with the guy getting ready to put it on a cart and get it inside the track. And there it was. And then I knew Clint was going to climb in it. And that was a really good, but by, by that time the the, number of people that are actually on the track um it's a skeleton crew because you gotta get the race started but when he got in that car um and he he put on a skull bandit helmet and i I don't know what the significance of that is but i thought it might be interesting to throw in that's awesome and then he got he cranked it up he went around the the speedway and several of us are going wow 
that's kind of emotional. I'm welling up. But I'm glad you reminded me to talk about that because it was an outstanding weekend. And that Friday night, I saw Bobby. I saw Donnie. I saw Liz. I saw Pat. I saw my Allison family, and that was fantastic. The Jay Barker Show is going to continue on the other side of the break. Jay Barker's the quarterback. I'm Matt Coulter, the broadcaster, and we are going to come back right now. Just a minute. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. The high today, 84. Clouds move in tonight, a chance of showers, mainly after midnight, the low at 60. Much cooler tomorrow, mostly cloudy with showers ending during the morning, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on the Jay Barker Show, Jay, Matt. Lars is doing a cool thing with the family. Washington, D.C., starting his kids out early a very cool thing. If you watch us on stream, Josh and Joe are showing a video of the 28 car going around Talladega with Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer was going to the booth immediately after he did that circuit. Um, so he's look, he still has his tie on. Tied, I don't ever yeah. think I've seen, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't ever think I've seen a guy get in a car when it's, uh, 85, 90 degrees. And it's in the car. It's probably 100, 110 drive around with a huge smile on his face and to tie. Uh, and by the way, it's a good look. I like the color tie and the, the, the shirts, the light blue. And they also show Larry McReynolds. It was kind of his crew chief, but he actually was, he was back on the pit box Saturday, Jeffrey Earnhardt in the famous, his grandfather's number three Chevrolet. And I'll be darned wow. if he didn't almost win the thing. He finished second behind Noah Gregson. But uh, that was, you know, there were a lot of just really good, well, feel-good moments over the weekend in Talladega. Um, but I'm uh, going to drive you a little bit closer to home. Wanted to uh, continue the conversation uh, about Tyler Harrell. Um, mm-hmm. Evidently, Jay, and I don't know if you've had time to go out over to Bryant Denny and measure his speed in a 40. But this guy really have like Jamison Williams speed. Yeah, outstanding receiver and and a guy that's going to just bring so much uh, to that receiving room. I mean, you know, already with Coach Saban, you got Jermaine Burton who's come in from Georgia, which we know about. We watched a little bit of him. We're going to see a better uh, chemistry connection as they get more time to work together throughout the summer. Christian Leary, JoJo Earl, I think two are going to be other two players that will step up. And then the new guys like Aaron Anderson, Kendrick Law, uh, Isaiah Vaughn, and, and Kobe Prentice. I think those will be some other uh, guys. And I, I, I really do. I think they'll add a tight end and maybe add another receiver, maybe even a, a, um, an office alignment here over the next, uh, I guess, I guess a week or less than a week until May the 1st is when it shuts down. But uh, he really has a chance to become – a really big time player for Alabama, and um, you know, I think he's what now. So you see the fifth, I think, player overall now to join Alabama 
out of the transfer portal. Oh, um, fourth offensive um, and uh, six foot one ninety seven, somewhere around there, two hundred pounds. Uh, it really just um, you know it, he was a part of a run heavy offense back in twenty twenty one, and I, I think this offense and Bryce Young. I think if you if you're a receiver or you're a running back and you're looking around going, okay, where can I go? Where can I make an immediate impact? And where, where can a guy make an immediate impact on me as a player? Then you would look to the Heisman winner last year, and that is Bryce Young. So I, I think that's really what I think is driving a lot of these guys to want to be a part of this offense, be there, and uh, to go out and to put the numbers. We saw Mechie and also James uh, Williams, uh, Jameson Williams put up, and even Slade Bolden uh, last year. You know, So this is a lot of big, big ads for this offense as far as weapon-wise. And the biggest maybe Tyler, um, Tyler Steen, the other Tyler, because mm-hmm. uh, Bama needs help up front. And um, from what I've seen, he's an outstanding offensive lineman. Uh, back to the other Tyler, Harold. Uh, last year he had 18 catches, 523 yards, and six touchdowns. If you'll remember, Williams didn't have dazzling numbers when he came into the University of Alabama, and he put up dazzling numbers. And probably a pretty good chance that Alabama be hanging wearing another ring had he not gotten injured, but Hey, you know, that you know, it sounds so cliche, but that's football. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Ask Jay. You got, you got hurt. You didn't get hurt a lot though. I, I I do remember that, but the times that you did, it was, it was impactful. Well, particularly for you. And I always remember you telling me about, um, your last game and how, how hard did you get hit? Like by a, uh, steamroller. Yeah, it was, it was the last game in the XFL was definitely, I mean, it was me and a, a, a defensive back. And after we had had a chance to have a conversation, neither one of us really remembered it. He thought that the, the receiver was going to block him. I thought he was too. So I went at an angle. He went to that angle too, thinking he had to beat through the block. And uh, we both just lowered our heads and collided. And um, I was out and he was out. And, um, you know, it just, I, I don't remember walking off the field. I don't remember any of that situation at all. I remember being in the ambulance and they were trying to, they were swiping up the, the bottom of my left foot and I couldn't feel it. I could feel my right, but I couldn't feel my left. And at that moment in wow. life, uh, I had two older kids, Andrew and then Braxton. So Andrew, I think at that time was two and a half, almost three. Braxton was a little bit over one and twins on the way. And I'm like, I'm done. I, there's no, I will not put my, my, my future of being able to coach my kids or just being their life. Uh, this is it. And then I, I actually went back, and the, the coaches tried to get me to play the next week, but Swade, Swade, who's an unbelievable newer surgeon, had me come in. They did a oh, everybody a, knows. Uh, yeah, they knew a neck. He did a neck X-ray on me, and he he looked at me. He goes, "You won't play the rest of the season. There's no way." And you, your neck is in straight alignment where it needs to have that curvature. You have so much stress around your neck right now from this concussion, and really, it's from the impact. It went in from the, the concussion was totally different, but uh, yeah, so. If I can't remember your name in 10 years, you know why? Uh, if I can't remember yours tomorrow, you'll know why. Uh, I, I'm just curious, and I, I, I mean to make a U-turn here, but is there video of that? I, I would assume there has to be. Oh, there is, because it was XFL. I'm sure it's somewhere. I mean, it was bad. Yeah. Like, I was – I don't remember ever coming off the field. I don't – man, they had me on the sidelines. I remember my mom was watching the game. And she said that she could just see in my eyes that, that, you know, I was there, but nobody was home. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I walked all the way from the, there into the, into the dressing room, got into the ambulance. And the only thing I remember is, is in the ambulance riding to St. Louis. I was in St. Louis for two days, hospital there in Chicago. Crazy. 
Oh, mm. wow. Oh. Hey, uh, other things, is, as I kind of go back and uh, really feel good stories over the weekend, um, and I, I actually didn't read about this until last night when I got home, but I thought, wow, that's cool. Bo Nix, the Oregon, mm-hmm. the O game, I guess it is, whatever they call it. They think they call it some kind of exhibition. Let's call it a spring game. Let's be done with it. Unless it's sponsored. Um, and Alabama's was, now that I think about it, I think Golden Flake. But he was mm-hmm. 8 of 15. Okay, that's eight completions. Yardage is off the charts. 230 yards, three touchdowns to one pick. Uh, two of those eight passes, Jay, were for 140 yards. He threw two 70-yard bombs to Dante Thornton wow. and... If, if it, I don't think it's a typo. I'm going to look it up. Is it seven McGee or is the T gone? It was Stephen McGee. But anyway, I know you've been around Bo, particularly been around mm-hmm. his daddy. Um, how big is that for him, for his team? And hey, how about for Oregon? Well, I'm happy for him. I really am. And, I, you know, I was kind of discussing this with Braxton the other day and Harrison, too, who's quarterback at UAB. And then, you know, we saw Sarah Ashley transfer from. Georgia back to Alabama. Her coach left and went to Texas A&M. So I've been really just kind of in my mind, okay, as a father, as kids who have done this, who kids who have not done it and stayed the, you know, the entire time because that's Braxton. He just wanted to be there. Harrison went to UAB. Um, and Sarah actually wanted to come home after her coach. But she went there for the coach and really felt like that um, that was an opportunity for her to come back to Alabama, which I'm, I'm very excited, as you know. But, um, yeah, just watching all this stuff, um, you know, the way the game is changing so much, I saw an article this weekend from uh, Coach Stallings and some of his comments about it and how that, you know, a guy like a Bo Nix can go out to Oregon and can just leave a program like Auburn and kind of get away from everything. And I think that's what he needed, though. I think he needed a new, fresh start. You look at some of the other players now and with NIO and other opportunities they're getting, um, it's putting a lot more power in the, in the hands of the college athlete. Now, that may be a good thing. It may not. I, I, I always say that I think the market – kind of if you let the market play out, that it normally kind of corrects itself. You kind of learn from it. And, um, you know, I was kind of surprised that it put up more guardrails to begin with, but maybe that was kind of the idea is let's let everybody kind of, you know, be the wild, wild west and we'll have to bring it back in. I think it's harder to do that in, in some ways. Maybe it's not in others. But um, opportunities like that for these kids now, they get a chance to get to a place like we're seeing with this Jermaine Burton or, you know, uh, Jameer uh, Gibbs and others. They can come in and, and make an impact and play on a team and really get their – maybe the recognition or whatever that they need. But Coach Thomas made some great points, though, talking about how, you know, the skilled guys are getting paid. We know how about the right and left guard. Uh, how about guys that, you know, that aren't going to be there. What's happening now is, we've talked about this before, Matt, is the collectives uh, that they're putting together. And you're going to see more of those going up. And that's going to be a really good thing for the athletes because I think those collectives are going to actually end up helping with not just the scholarship players, but the ones who are there that are on walk-ons, that are on the scout team that may never see the playing field. But now we'll have a chance to get their education paid for because of all the hard work they put in each and every day. Another note on Bo Nix, and oddly enough, how it ties into Seinfeld. Believe it or not, I can make that happen on the other side of this break. Jay Barker, it's Matt Coulter, it's Joe Gaither, it's Josh Smith, all putting together the Jay Barker Show. 
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. And Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. 
It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. For a minute there, I thought we were having technical difficulties. Then I realized it was our bumper music. But anyway, Matt Coulter in the, as you can see, palatial studios of avx and homewood appreciate all of you that watch us on stream and then those of you that listen on our fine affiliates like our flagship station tied 100.9 over in tuscaloosa jay barker is joining us as well namesake of the show uh and there's joe and in a minute we'll see uh josh and the, hey hey the gang's all here um just another quick note on bo Nix and his oregon performance in their spring game eight of 15 230 yards three touchdowns and only one interception. Um, two of the touchdown passes were thrown to a gentleman by the name of Seven. Yes, was not a missing a T. That's his name. And now that I think about it, he's a running back, a speedster, uh, really, really good player at Oregon. Uh, this guy could compete in the SEC. There's no question. But uh, it reminded me of the episode where George Costanza in Seinfeld uh, said, if I ever have a child, I'm going to name him seven. And everybody went, why? And he says, the Mick. Of course, Mickey Mantle was number seven. I wonder if <laughs> seven McGee's parents were big Seinfeld fans or they just decided they liked the name. I think it's kind of cool. I would not name my child a seven, but I think it's kind of cool that somebody else did. <laughs> well, I mean, you would think that maybe I might. Um, my kids were all sevens when it comes to sports yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, I'll, I'll never forget the, um, and I won't go into details about this, but the friends episode with Rachel seven, seven, seven. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Whoever knows friends will get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do exactly. you remember? But, um, yeah, and actually now I'm thinking about in retrospect, I like that, <laughs> that, that particular sitcom, that one, that may be better. I don't know. Um, but do you remember the, uh, George Costanza seven? The oh mid- yeah. Do you yep. remember? Did yep. you see that episode? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Like that definitely. show? Saw all those. Yeah. And it's so funny now because my kids watch it, and and I, you know, it's not that I influenced them. And I mean, maybe I influenced them when they were younger, and they were watching certain shows. They just remember, and it's the sounds that they are kind of drawn to. But now they go back and watch all the stuff. I mean, it's of all the guys like my boys' ages, and, and it may be the same for yours. But uh, they all went back and watched. Um, what was it? And, um, not ER. Was it ER? What was it? What was the big show? It was on for the medical show that was on for like 16 years. Oh, the one years. with, uh, Clooney, um, Clooney. Oh that, yeah. that was, I think. No, not was, that. That was, um, uh, with McDreamy. The other one. Oh, yeah, McDreamy, uh, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't remember. Now, I'm, I'm like having a brain. All I can think of is Allie McBeal. Thank you. Right, yeah. and Adam. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, Joe. <laughs> yes. Grayson. You don't let the two thank old you, guys. How long? Joe, were you going to let the two old guys just scatter their brains all over the airways before you're going to? Well, tell Clooney them? was Probably ER. Let it wait. 
Yes. Clooney was ER. That's yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I messed you up on that. I, 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 I took you in that direction, Matt. Uh, hey, that's no big deal. Speaking and wrapping up the Bo Nix duck story and watching the video and then reading one of his quotes, he said that was amazing, especially with the crowd. And now I've been trying to find what the attendance was for the Oregon spring game. Uh, and I can't, but I watched the video and there are a lot of people there. Um, mm -hmm. Bama. You see Oklahoma's? Or Oregon outdrew Alabama. USC outdrew Alabama with a little over 33,000. And I guess, are you getting ready to tell me that Oklahoma outdrew everybody? Oklahoma. I think so. I, I saw a picture of, of their stadium and it was unbelievable. The crowd that they had. So I don't know if Josh can, I know he's right now going in and searching and looking for stuff for us, throw up on some pictures and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it, they're excited. Okay. Um, I think, you know, you look at just, all that's kind of new for them, but um, they kind of they show the difference of the picture of USC. They put that one in Oklahoma side by side, and it's like three times as many people at Oklahoma's spring game than USC. So, wow. um, you know, and, and Alabama's. You know, th there was so much going on that weekend as well with the USFL, with um, you know, just the weather in general. Plus, I just think TV is really. I, I don't want to say it's, it's destroyed it. I mean, I think it's just it's hurt it. I mean, we used to get fifteen, sixteen thousand out to a spring game. That's about as much as you could. And it wasn't even on TV. You know, people still just did not want to come out for those games. It was like really nice weather. I think also, Matt, I think ours were, we were done a little bit, a little bit earlier. I think we started like in February or something like that and pretty much ended up in March, but Dusty had some good days and bad days, but um, that's great though for Bowen. You know, it's a brand new start for him. You know, again, I've, I've known that family, I know Patrick and what he did as far as a college coach and a high school coach and as a player, but more importantly, as a person, and uh, the same for Bo. I, I, you know, I wish him nothing but the best, and hope he does great out there. You know, and hopefully that's going to be a great spot for him to be able to know things on the field, but off the field from NIL with Nike and other other things that they're doing with their collective groups that they're putting together. So it, it's a it's a new era of football, and um, for him, and I know a lot of Auburn fans and buddies of mine that I've known for years, or Auburn fans, were, where they were not disappointed in him, just disappointed in the fact that he was leaving and that they wanted, you know him to stay and you know be a part of the Auburn uh, football program I think he'll always be a part of that family just based on his dad and also his time that he was there well I wish him great success and I I did exactly what you said I wish him well but I would have liked to have seen him had uh, more success at Auburn because I, I truly think that he's capable and he has to go to a new environment literally he has to crawl travel across the continent, uh, new friends, new team, new teammates, uh, new city. Uh, I mean, it, everything's new in such a short amount of time. He has to gather all this info and then you watch the highlights and, and I will say this, and I'm not taking anything away from Bo. I, maybe I'm just adding more to the receivers. Let's just put it this way. Jay, the receivers were getting a lot of separation, um, whether that was them or whether the corners were getting juked, whatever the case, uh, he opened it up. And the, the two deep balls at 70 yards were fantastic. And he's got a great receiving mm -hmm. core. So to have accomplished all that, Jay, and they hadn't even snapped the first game of the season, and he's throwing up numbers and people are singing praise and he's singing praise. Uh, win, win, win for Bo, Bo, Bo. That's, that's going to be a very, very good thing. Um, 
I'm going to look up in the next break and find out how many were at OU. But that's interesting, the fact that they almost sold out their stadium uh, there in Norman. Uh, when you think, uh, my immediate thought is, man, they're really trying to show up Lincoln Riley. Am I wrong there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think to a degree, and I think to, you know, one of their own coming back as the head coach, I think that's probably a big part of that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they're, they're excited about maybe, you know, cause they, they saw their coach leave. They saw their quarterback leave. They saw another quarterback leave <laughs> went to South Carolina. I mean, they, they had a lot of loss. So I think for them, it's trying to, you know, figure out any way they can to, you know, get excited about the program and to create some excitement and, I think that's big when you're able to have those big spring games like that and, and kids see that when they're being recruited or even see some pitchers, you know, saying, wow, look at the support. Um, look, you know, Alabama, Alabama fans have supported since Coach Saban got there with the 92,000 that filled up the Bryant Denny when it was before it was expanded to further uh, what 10,000 more. But, um, you know, it's for them, Oklahoma, you got to celebrate that stuff, right? I mean, if you get that kind of crowd, you put pitchers out there, you talk about it. You make a big deal about it, and uh, they're doing that right now. 75,360 and more than 250 former players. And they, I think they unveiled a monument to Baker Mayfield. And yet, and yet they still got 75,000. Right. Sorry. Uh, it's a little bit of a dart in Mayfield. Do we even know where he's playing yet? I'm, I mean, I'm actually I, I like Baker Mayfield. I, I think he's been in a tough spot. I really do. I like the way he plays the, the game, and I, I think he's had you know what would be numerous head coaches, numerous office coordinators. He needs to be somewhere he's stable for a couple of years. That's a tough thing for a, a young quarterback to walk into a situation where there's not stability, stability at the front office, at the head coach and, and coordinators. And uh, so I, I look forward to seeing if he, if he can land somewhere and have a chance to you know be a part of a, a great uh, program and, and, and more importantly just have stability that's the key for him well and he, he'll end up somewhere but uh, wow with what they've done in the offseason Browns should be pretty good and what they're paying oh my word oh mm-hmm. uh, here's something that happened over the weekend and I'd heard I read and it was kind of building to this but when I read it, I was still unbelievably surprised. Jay and I'll share that with you on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. The high today, 84. Clouds move in tonight, a chance of showers, mainly after midnight, the low at 60. Much cooler tomorrow, mostly cloudy with showers ending during the morning, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the Jay Barker Show. Jay, Matt Coulter with you. Josh and Joe, we got it going on. And a very, very sunny uh, I'm not sure we ever had much of a spring, Jay. It just seemed like we kind of had a very mild winter. But uh, I'm just looking up right now, see what the temperature is. Man, I'm I'm telling you, um, I loved everything that we were doing in Talladega. Don't ever get me wrong there, but 
Uh, I, I had to do some events like on stage, no umbrellas. Uh, wow. Um, it's a good thing that Matt has finally, after 64 years of life, learned the value of sunscreen and the value of wearing a hat. Uh, because, I mean, I've, I've got a little bit of pink, but nothing's going to peel. Um, and I'm not going to get too much on a soapbox here. People, you're in the South. It's going to be hot. The sun is going to bake down on you. Don't lead yourself to medical complications when you get older. I'll admit I did. I didn't wear hats. And as a result, I'm suffering on, on my head now and, and will for the rest of my life. Don't do that. Put sunscreen on. Don't assume that it's just overcast. You're not going to get do it. Uh, and, and man, Jay, uh, and you're, you've been to the beach. You've been to Talladega. It amazes me how you'll see people uh, walking around with, you know, strapless and shorts and all this kind of stuff. And not to mention, for one thing, they're very fair skinned to begin with. And then you'll see them later in the day and they just look like a fire truck. And if, <laughs> if you're not careful, it could, it can, Jay, it can ruin your vacation, your weekend. So I don't know why I decided to go off on that little rant, but people sunscreen up. It's incredibly important. And by the way, the crowds at Talladega were, were fantastic. Yeah, the worst I've ever been um, sunburnt was my my last year senior trip of high school. And um, we get down, no sunscreen, because only by that time I'm kind of like have been out by the pool and all this kind of stuff and, you know, been different places. And I just totally didn't even think about it. I'm like, because normally I go to the beach in late June or, or July at that time. And this is like May, end of May. And, um, yeah, I was on the beach the entire day, came back in, and I was absolutely just torn up and um i went and saw a doctor go get steroids the doctor told me to take vinegar bath i mean i smelled so bad for the first three days and then oh. i peeled like a i peeled like a leopard i'm not kidding i was just like sheets just peeling off then once that happened then it got ah. back into the base tan and everything was back to normal with it about a week later but man that was miserable miserable but i've also got friends that never have ever used sunscreen and they don't believe in it and and they're just very good about taking long sleeve shirts, putting them on and wearing hats and all that kind of stuff. And they take care of that issue from that standpoint. And they've never had any kind of family issues with skin cancer. And other stuff. I think there's just, you know, there's a couple of different approaches uh, to it all, whatever suits you and your family, whatever's the best decisions for you, go for it. Um, you know, but uh, man, I love to be being at the beach, being at me just, you know, it's just wow. Harrison. And I were talking about this morning, my youngest uh, son who plays quarterback UAB, he's, he's still here with me at the beach. And um, we're just talking about how much fun it is, just I mean, how relaxing it is. And he just had labrum surgery, so he's been out of commission. Uh, he had to skip the last week of spring practice. Uh, he'll be back around probably October, November, I guess, as far as back where he can actually throw and stuff. And I think he needed the mental break um, as much as, you know, anybody, you know, coming down and spending some time on the beaches. I think everybody listening to us loves, or at least, you know, the beach and the mountains or wherever you can get away to that uh, is going to give you that kind of that mindful, that space and that peace and just that chance to kind of sit back and I have to really think about a lot. You know, these collapsible tents that they make now are just mm -hmm. fabulous. And my favorite thing to do is to sit under that. I mean, the, the actual sounds that you hear, my two favorite, um, you know, just the crashing of the waves of the golf. The golf beaches are the prettiest in the world, in my opinion. 
but then the sounds of all the children playing in the water right at the edge of the beach. Mm -hmm. um, at one time, it was my, my children. Now it's my grandchildren. And uh, that's a little bit of peace on earth. I love that. And I'm sure when you got up and we were texting back and forth about the, the nature of our show, I forgot to leave out. We're going to do a deep dive into sunscreen and to the beach <laughs> and to make sure that we take care of ourselves right. when we do, but we do. All right. Here's the one. And, and it came up in, in one of my, one of my feeds. Uh, if I knew exactly which one to give them credit, I would, but it says JQ returning to Alabama. And I had heard rumors of this, Jay, and I, I, I know you have, but I want, you know, he would have been the first player I thought would have gone. Uh, he had the horrific injury in the tournament, and uh, he just uh, up and down. It just seems like, okay, he's probably going to end a little frustration going to the NBA. He's coming back. And, Jay, it's huge because he is a very good player, but it is huge especially of the fact that you look and you notice that um, that uh, JD's gone, Davison going to the NBA. Uh, first, two questions for Jay Barker: Were you surprised that he decided to stay? And what is your anticipation? What do you think he's going to play like? Yeah, I mean, I hope. Hopefully, he's going to come back and you know be stronger than ever. I mean, I, I felt like when I came back from my my knee injury after my junior year, I felt better in better shape than I've been in my life. And because I had to work my tail off up at four and five every morning at the pool. And it's, I worked out all day long just to get back to where I could do a little bit of spring practice and about three months after surgery. And then, you know, this is the same type of stuff he'll do. And they're so good at this now. I mean, it's so much different than it was back then. These guys can recover very quickly. They have the treatment, the trainers. They're the best, the best Alabama, especially the sports science group and all that. Uh, pretty amazing. So I'm happy he's back. I don't, I don't, you know, honestly, maybe the J.D. Davison going to the NBA had as much to do with it as anything that he felt like, okay, I can go back. I can be the leader. I can be the guy that's running, you know, running the offense and doing the things. And maybe that was a little bit of a sell from Nate Oates as well to him. But um, I'm glad he's back. I think, I think that probably if he was able to have been healthy and not had the injury coming out like right now, you know, he, he had a shot, but I, I think you look at projections, you look at where you might end up in the NBA draft. And I think he made, I mean, made a really good decision and, and hopefully it'll pay off for him with NIL deals and other stuff. He is. He's a big name for Alabama basketball. Yeah, he really does. And, and, and when he has his game on, he's as good a point guard and sometimes as good a scorer as anybody, not in the SEC, in the nation. Uh, like the way he was playing at the end of uh, last year, the year before last, it's just going, wow, this guy's ready for the NBA now. Uh, but it didn't work out mm -hmm. that. The, the one thing I hope, because I, I think that we could all observe and read between the lines that perhaps perhaps he wasn't as disciplined defensively. Uh, I don't think he ever viewed himself as, as one of the guys that steps up as a vocal, you know, a team leader, not just on the court, in practice, at team meals, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, and I think it will bode success for him and Alabama's basketball team if he takes that role on himself because Alabama has lost, I th if I count them right, through transfer portal, NBA, et cetera. I think Alabama's lost eight players, seven players that had minutes last year. So, uh, Nate, I'll bet Nate Oates celebrated a little bit on that one, Jay. That's big. There's no doubt. And it is. And, and Brian Passing, who's been you know, a great guest for us, and they'd love to get his perspective on this sometime this week and, and what that means for the program. But 
you know, he's brought it up too that, you know, look, you know, the guys who are leaving are either NBA or some of those guys are walk-on guys. Uh, are they losing talent? There's no doubt, but they got great leaders coming back. They've also had a great recruiting class this coming in. So, you know, he's been able to really kind of, you know, talk us through that and, and realizing that, hey, it, it may look bad as far as numbers, but they're going to be okay. And that Nate, you know, has a plan. And I think, I don't think JQ is a part of his plan, to be honest. I think that he was looking ahead and for him to get him back is just an added bonus to this. Not only the class they've got coming in, but also some younger players. They're going to make an impact on this team. Well, I think it's huge news because I was very concerned about the. It seemed to me that he was almost going to be starting from scratch with his roster, with his starters for almost certainty. And now that I don't know, I read that Saturday. I went because I'd heard rumors of it last week. And I said, no, that can't be true. Maybe they're talking about his brother or something. I don't know. But no, it's him. And he's in. And that's uh, that's big news for Alabama basketball. Doing a little bit more of a dive in Alabama football when we get back on the other side of the hour. Recap Talladega again and go over a few no- Oh, can we talk about the Braves? Maybe. Maybe not. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for a high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner. And you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Well, welcome to the program. Matt Coulter, Jay Barker, and the studios of AVX, which you're seeing right now. Also, um, in Tuscaloosa Tide 100.9, is Michael in? Or no, Joe's still there. Joe's still there. I see him on my little bitty screen down at the bottom of the page. And then uh, Mr. Teddy, Josh Smith, is with us as well. Um, I've talked about a lot of things this morning, this afternoon, I should say. My, I have to admit, uh, Jay, after the last three days, my brain is a little mush filled. So you'll have to just kind of put up with that until I regather. I'll probably get back to normal in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, no, uh, I love doing that. But we talked about Ross Chastain winning the Geico 500, uh, Tyler Harrell's transfer portal from Louisville, to Alabama. Um, Bo Nix had an outstanding spring game for Oregon and JQ is uh, staying at the university of Alabama. One thing we haven't touched on, uh, is the stallions and a comeback win over the gamblers. And we can chat about that. Jay, as uh, you line up our sponsors for this hour. Almost definitely. And what a great win for, uh, skipping all those, uh, stallions. And, and I think for the fans, you know, I, I watched some of the games yesterday afternoon. I, I hate the fact there's not as many people out there for the other teams, but they're worried about TV right now. They realized that was going to be the way it was uh, for this first season with USFL, and they felt like from a cost standpoint and just from you know having all the players in one area and stuff was going to be so much better for the league's health overall. So I think that's that's a great thing uh, for them. And I think you're going to see more and more support as, as the uh, summer months come around and over the next few weeks and people want to get out and do something and, and have fun. And they're making do a lot of different promotions surrounding that, so good for them. Yeah, we're presented by Top Golf for Birmingham right there by Protective Stadium. So if you're heading out to a USFL game or anything downtown, go check it out. If you have never done Top Golf, you'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun with coworkers, family, friends. Great for charitable events, for bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, birthday parties, anniversaries, anything that you want to celebrate and have a good time with your family and friends. You'll love Top Golf for Birmingham. Go see Mark Grenier, the GM, and also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street, Oxford, Anniston. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Hey, Jay, speaking of Sonny King, I'm pulling up in the many different places that I park uh, over the weekend at Talladega. I'll pull up and I'm right beside a Sonny King Ford courtesy car. Um, I immediately thought, I bet they're, uh, they're helping this effort out uh, with, with some vehicles. That's, I've told you many, many times before, I have seen Sonny King uh, about 180 miles an hour on the track. He used to sponsor mm-hmm. uh, that dealership used to sponsor a lot of people in the race and they were very very successful at the time um i don't know about you jay but uh i'm i'm pleasantly surprised that the stallions are now two and oh 
Um, there are only there's only one other team to and own the USFL. I guess it's the Breakers, and they've been breaking people apart. But uh, very pleased, and they came back. Uh, they outscored Houston twenty one ten in the second half, and then held on as the Gamblers were driving for a potential game winning score, and uh, they held on to win the game. And, and it all started um, when Clayton Thorson through one of three interceptions to the Stallions. And the first one, Jay, was a pick six, like on the third snap of the game. No, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, I think for them right now, as they remain undefeated, I think this is it's a great thing for Birmingham. I think it's actually a good thing for the league, too, that they're undefeated because they're going to continue to get fans out there. And um, and then they can build off of that and the momentum. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, one of those things where I think it's um, – Gosh, what was it? Eighty three? Were they? They were here. What? Eighty three? Eighty four? Was eighty fourth or eighty six? Can't remember the, the exact years that they were in Birmingham. Eighty three um, through eighty five. Eighty three through eighty five. Okay, and just the nostalgia of that for so many people. I've heard more stories from. Have you been out yet? I, you know, my dad and I went. We were this. Now I get to take my kids to go see them, or you know that type of um, kind of scenarios and stuff. So it's great to see that they're playing well and. Um, you know, the, I guess as you talked about the opening drive there, Clayton Thorson picked off near midfield by Brian Allen. He takes it then 48 yards to the house to give them that seven and nothing beginning of the game, and which was huge and a great play by him. They also have another big interception a little bit late in the game as well. But, um, you know, I, t- I tell you, you know, their running back was it a Thompson kid, I think it is for the gamblers, actually really, really great player and, um, has a lot of explosive speed and thinking of having, um, couple big games, uh, big gains in that game. I remember kind of seeing that, remember that from, from it. But, you know, Skip Holtz and his staff and really all the staffs in the USFL right now, to be able to get there, to have really three to four weeks to prepare, to get all the offensive stuff you needed to get in for game one, which was probably one-third, if that, of their playbook. They'll continue to expand the playbook as they go throughout the season. But I also think, Matt, that I think you're seeing a chance for a lot of guys to get noticed, to be seen. NFL scouts to see them in real time play against, you know, great competition is good a competition they can play against where they're at right now in their careers, but a chance to maybe improve themselves to get a chance at the NFL once again, or a chance that maybe some of these guys never had uh, that didn't get drafted or didn't get a free agency contract, but now getting a chance to do what they love and let's play the game of football. It's inevitable that uh, some of the players in this league will end up in the NFL. And I've seen a few, the first one that really pops out to mind is the wide receiver that is actually from Alabama but was playing for the New Jersey Generals in opening night, Satterfield. Uh, and he made some outstanding catch, and he's tall, and he's lean. He's got uh, more than adequate adequate deep, deep speed. So um, that's just one that I saw right off the bat. I didn't see a lot of it this past weekend for obvious reasons, but I'm looking forward to going back and watching the Stallions because – I know we're just going three weeks in, but the game of the year to date, if I've got this right, is the 30th. Isn't that uh, what we're coming up on uh, mm-hmm. or this weekend? Because uh, Birmingham is playing the Breakers, both 2-0. and uh, Now, that game ought to attract some national attention as far as TV audience. But uh, bet there'll be a few people in the stands at Protective Stadium uh, on behalf of the Stallions. It's a... Uh, It'll be uh, another Stallions versus Tampa. Well, I remember when we would play against uh, Tampa and Spurrier was the coach. Man, that was an intense rivalry. 
Oh, and therefore a whole lot of fun because Spurrier was, he was a lot younger then and very brash. And if you think he could kind of roll anything off his tongue that he wants to now, you should have heard him when he was in his thirties. But yeah, anyway. it's, it's Steve, Steve uh, Young was the quarterback I, there, right? Was he there for with Steve Tampa Young Bay was the quarterback? No, he was with the LA Express. Uh, LA Express. Now That's he, right. you're yeah. right. Yep, yep. Steve A. Uh, he was with Tampa. It was just he was with the Bucks before he went on to his uh, to his fame and fortune um, when he came in for Joe Montana. Boy, that couldn't have been easy. <laughs> no. Okay. Not at all. And I, you know, four Super and I thought Bowls. it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty cool, too, that Perez, the Perez I think I did that right, the quarterback was the uh, Birmingham <laughs> AFL team, and he, he played with Trent and really had a nice little you yeah. know, um, season there for Birmingham. And for him to be back and facing Birmingham in that first game, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, it was, and Lars was talking openly about him because he's seen him play a lot. Of course, those us that went to some of the AAF games uh, saw him play. Uh, that's, I don't think you'll ever see him starting for the Carolina Panthers or who, whomever, but um, I think that guy has a chance to play in the NFL. Uh, maybe it's a two or a three. Yeah. Jay, as you well know, that's not that bad, is it? No, not at all. Not now, especially the money these guys are making with the guarantees, salaries, and the uh, minimums that got to pay the guys. No, that's a great place to be if you're in the NFL. If you can sit behind a quarterback and be the backup guy or be the guy that's going to help him prepare week in and week out, it's a great place to be. One of my favorites that uh, took that role and ran with it is uh, Jeff Rutledge. Jeff Rutledge. Didn't he, yeah. didn't he play 13, 14 years? Uh, 15 years. But, he, you know, yeah. Uh, and I think he's got a couple of Super Bowls, too. Rings. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this is the Jay Barker Show. It's Matt Coulter and our cast of characters. Um, when we come back, I, I guess I'll uh, I'll give you a few thoughts on the Atlanta Braves. It's not uh, season hasn't opened real well for the defending World Series champions. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. The high today, 84. Clouds move in tonight, a chance of showers, mainly after midnight, the low at 60. Much cooler tomorrow, mostly cloudy with showers ending during the morning, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's back on the Jay Barker Show. Jay, Matt, Lars taking a couple of days off with his family. And just love the fact that he's taking his kids on an educational trip. My parents did this. But they're going to Washington, D.C. Take them to the Smithsonian. I don't care how young they are. You'll be impressed. I remember looking up at the Spirit of St. Louis, and I think I was mm-hmm. 10, something like that. And uh, it it was absolutely awesome. Uh, Jay, I know how fond you are of the business world, and you may have seen this, but according to our producers, Elon Musk purchased Twitter. He did. Yeah, I saw that news early earlier today or last night. 
forgot when it was when it all went down, but uh, I think it was actually earlier today. Yeah, he's the uh, the 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 owner. I think they they might keep. I think it's like a thousand shareholders they can keep in order to stay a private company. But it's now gone from public to private, and um, he won he won the bid. So there was a lot of uh, people that were kind of holding, you know, trying to hold that back and didn't want to see that happen. But I don't know. The guy intrigues me a ton. I really does. I mean, I, I like a lot of the stuff that he does. A lot of the stuff that he says, especially about free speech and just that he's always on the cutting edge of everything from cars to, to planes to rockets to everything that you can think of, tunnels that he's been digging, uh, talking about transportation of people. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing what the guy's done and just his mind uh, and, and all that he comes up with and thinks about. And really probably the team that's around him, the people that we never really hear from, the guys and, and, the, and, the, and the ladies that are probably behind the scenes that are coming up with uh, you know his ideas, but being able to put those ideas to work. And Matt, you know a lot about that being that you came from Huntsville, uh, Redstone, and your dad was an actual rocket scientist. And, you know, you, you have ideas and you got to go to those guys to make it work. Well, and uh, I admire him. And, you know, I think he takes a left turn or a right turn. I don't mean that politically. Uh, he might jump the tracks every once in a while. But uh, I think, man, he's great. Uh, I heard somebody the other day say, he is our modern day Iron Man. Now he can't fly and put on that suit, but I think some of the parallels are true. I mean, a very, very rich guy trying to help his planet, and uh, that's what he's doing. Uh, the first question anybody asks, though, when they find out he bought Twitter, is will Donald Trump get his account back? I think yes, but I hope somebody talks to Donald again and says, "Hey, maybe be a little bit more careful this time." Well, I, I think that was his way of connecting to the people, right? I mean, and we know, being in the media, that things are, you know, not so much from our standpoint, but in other ways, um, things are controlled, and, and the message that wants to get out. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen those, whether it be YouTube videos or TikToks or whatever, and they show all the different stations all across America that are owned by, you know, one conglomerate or, you know, the different companies and stuff, and every local station, the news anchors are saying the exact same thing, and it goes to, like, a hundred different ones. And at the same time, they're all saying the exact same words. And we don't need that. We don't, we don't need that kind of, no. I don't think kind of uniformity. You need local news, local stuff happening, report on what's good for you and your community, make decisions based on what's good for you and your community. And what the majority of the people think in that state, in that city, all the way down to that community. Um, you know, that, that's the way that this country was built on that, not from a, um, a, a place in Washington, D.C., or anywhere, even our um, in Montgomery, that would would dictate or that would govern the, the local community. I, I'm so big into hyper local, whether it's in, in government, whether it's in business, whether it's in you know food choices, but <laughs> restaurants and little shops you go shop at and, and that you shop with them for years because they're the guy that lives just a couple of streets over from you. You know, I think that's important. And if you look at a lot of the great communities, not only in our state but across our country, and you drive through those, and the ones that are doing well are the ones that are being supported by their local community, the ones that are really diving back into that and into what we're built on. We became so big and all these you know, different companies and you know the Walmarts of the world, the Costco, you know, all these things. And it kind of drove the mom and pops out uh, of, the, of that marketplace. And I think a lot of that's coming back. I think people are like, look, I'll pay a little bit extra to put that money. That money's going to stay in our community. It's going to help people. It's going to, you know, they're going to get back to things that are going to affect my kids and my family and our future. So I, I think that's, Everything's moving in a great direction. One thing I was going to bring up real quick because we're talking about this kind of stuff, and you guys probably talked about this last week, I'm sure, but uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine 
Mike uh, DeWine actually uh, talked about uh, it was really a I think uh, probably an attention getter uh, here in, in Alabama especially, but I bet it did in the Big Ten. But uh, they ended up, um, you know, in, in Ohio, I guess, signing into legislation to where now they'll have a ability for the Ohio residents to get a, the specialty license plate. And just one of the things included in the nine bills signed of the law last Thursday, the idea for the plate came from Republican State Representative Adam, Adam Byrd, who told Cleveland.com last year he wanted to honor his father, Ron Byrd, who played for the 1964 Crimson Tide football team. According to the report, the license plates would cost an additional 40 to $30, which would go to fund scholarships for Ohio students attending school in Tuscaloosa. So uh, pretty amazing that uh, in Big Ten country, uh, Alabama getting a license plate. So you can buy an Alabama license plate in Ohio and support the University of Alabama. Have I gotten that down? That's exactly right. Yep. It's so pretty amazing. That's amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. No, we didn't talk yeah. about that. Yeah. That's yeah. And it passed. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. Did, I would imagine that at all in Ohio they start throwing stuff at this Republican congressman. Mm-hmm. Instead, they passed. I, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do because okay. of his dad, right. you know, and that uh, he played for yeah. Coach Bryant. They realized how important it was, but also there are. A lot of people from Ohio, as, as all of us know, that have, I mean, there's a lot of Ohio State graduates that have moved to Alabama. There's a lot of people from Ohio that have come into this area and uh, come to school in Alabama. I was actually talking to a couple of students the other day, and they were talking about how in their classes, um, like they'll, they'll say, okay, who's from Birmingham? And like one hand will go up. Okay, who's from Huntsville? Two hands will go up. Who's from New York? Five hands will go up. L.A., 10. You know, yeah. it's crazy how the, the out-of-state, um, you know, students are coming in. And part of me – is kind of like, oh, uh, you know what? But then again, it is bringing them to our communities. It's bringing them to Alabama. It's going to help grow a lot of things economically for the state. A lot of those kids do leave and go back to Nashville or to Atlanta to bigger cities. That's okay. They're still going to come back and, and attend games and spend money in those communities. But the biggest thing is the out-of-state tuition is just unbelievable. And the money that Alabama's been to raise from the out-of-state yeah. tuition is why you see all the growth that's happening there in Tuscaloosa. And Lars is telling me this because, you know, of course, he's a professor of duty at the University of Alabama. But um, he says he probably has more students from Texas. It's like equal to the number that are from Alabama. And and I don't know if Alabama has just gone in there and cultivated the high school students and raved the crimson flag. But it's true. And uh, New York and Ohio and others are represented as well. But uh, what? How do you think that happened? Why so many from people from Texas are now in Tuscaloosa? Dr. Witt. Dr. Witt did a great job uh, putting together recruiting uh, places all over and recruiters throughout the United States. And so, look, you know, when he first got to Alabama, I think Alabama was – when I left Alabama, we were like sixteen or 17,000. I'm not sure how it was for you. Probably about the same number at that time. Auburn it was, was at, I think, 19, almost 20,000. And Dr. Witt came in and said, you know, we are the – University of Alabama, and we will be the biggest university by two in the next 10, 15, 20 years, because that's the plan. And I remember being at that meeting and hearing him talk about that when he first arrived. And, um, you know, he went from president to chancellor to, you know, all the things that he's done for the system, the Alabama uh, schools, and he did it. And and so, you know, a lot of people look at it and go, okay, well, maybe it's not, it's underserving. It's not underserving the local kids that want to go. If you want to go, you can get, you're, you're going to get in if you got the grades, if you got the you know, opportunities, whatever else to get in. 
what it's done, they doubled the number. I mean, they're almost I mean, right at 40,000 40, uh, students now. So what they did in that doubling of numbers is went out and try to get as many of those out-of-state kids because it's paying for so much that's happening in Alabama, paying for things that are being built and being done, that's, that's creating a better experience for the students. And I, I've got friends of mine that have lived out-of-state that now are sending their kids to Alabama. I never thought they would. That I mean, that, that, not that they, they didn't go to Alabama. They went to Virginia or they went to Virginia Tech or they went to – North Carolina, they went to, um, oh gosh, Ohio State. I mean, you know, places like that where you would think they'd want them, but they're like, no, I mean, the, the education is so good. It's right here by us. Uh, it's in Tuscaloosa. The area is so much better than some of these other, you know, big college campuses. So Dr. Witt had a great vision and there's a lot of money and people and boosters that got behind it. And and, and let's not be, be crazy or, or not forget, Coach Saban probably had as much to do with the growth of Alabama nationally than anybody else. I remember the 60 Minutes segment in which uh, Witt mm-hmm. said he's been the greatest investment we've ever made by far. And it's true. I mean, it, it it pays dividends just in the massive number of souvenir merchandise. Exactly. Yep. I yep. think all, all people know now, Jay, that that logo is extremely valuable. I think it's like 12% or something like that now of net sales. Wow go back to the university and who started that bill battle coach Bryant. he did many many years ago hey have you ever seen the show uh art link letter hosted it and i think later maybe cosby did one or something like that but it was said kids say the darndest thing i have a wonderful example yes i have a wonderful example it happened in talladega this weekend and it, it cracked the driver up and, and the rest of the crowd, too. It's wonderful. That's coming up. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at Williford Chiropractic and Wellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 
205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Barker show. Put a cookie in my mouth and then the mics come on. Welcome back to the program. It's Matt. It's Jay. Just enjoying the results of the weekend. Fabulous in the world of sports. Did a little Leon Musk dive as well. Um, I'm in the studios at AVX and uh, Jay's spending some vacay family time and that's fantastic as well. I plan on doing that a little later into the summer as well. Oh, y'all take a, just kind of get yourself a mental view. There's a, a new area over at Talladega. It's called the Talladega garage experience and fans can go there. There's a huge restaurant. Um, there are, um, vendors all over the place. Um, the one I seemed to pass often was Tito's. They were uh, serving up some kind of lemonade concoction, which by the way, I don't touch anything when I'm working at that track. I mean, everybody else is. But if you're working it, you better stay on your toes. So anyway, uh, I guess it was Saturday morning. They brought in, oh, by the way, the main part of that is that the cars pull up to the edge of the restaurant, which is just a big pavilion area. And, you know, it's the NASCAR. It's the cup guys. It's the drivers that are like five feet from the, the, you know, the general population, which they love it. 
but they have a staging area where I, I go out, you know, through the weekend and I interview certain drivers. Um, this was the day where all these kids, 500 fourth graders from all around the area and so well behaved. Just wanted to applaud their, their teachers and administrators because wow, they were doing a great job, but, uh, we allowed a, a, a roaming microphone to go out into the, to the children and ask questions and, you know, children's will ask you anything. Children's children will ask children's. you anything. <laughs> children's. Oh, uh, but, uh, and most of them were asked, how much money do you make? Uh, have you ever had a bad wreck? Have you ever been to the hospital? And then this one little girl just walked right up in the microphone and said, do you like bananas? I don't know. The, <laughs> the house went down. Uh, and then that got on a roll. This, uh, uh, there was, this guy was older, but he asked every driver, every particular interview on that stage, he would, uh, ask them pancakes or waffles. And that was also funny. Uh, it was pretty much 50, 50 until Eric Hamarola got up there. And uh, I don't know if the guy was aware of this or not, but I was really aware of it. Uh, Amarola races for the international house of pancakes. And so <laughs> He steps up there and asks the question and he goes, well, I can't get myself in trouble here, but, uh, and he said, I think I like my pancakes with peanut butter on them. Have you ever done that, Jay? I've never done peanut butter on pancakes. Sounds good though. Um, but he raved about that and he gave the right answer. He said, uh, I'm a big fan of pancakes and he should be, but let me ask Jay Barker. What do you like? <laughs> What are what same pancakes or waffles? Pancakes or waffles for Jay Barker? <sighs> Man, I tell you, I, I love both. I, probably pancakes would be my first choice, but I love homemade waffles, like in the waffle oh, yeah. maker or whatever. Oh, man, it's just so good. Oh, you the know? big wa waffle irons? The waffle oh. irons, yeah. Remember the one you oh, that's the best. Yeah, your mom would use yeah. on Sunday morning, yeah. and it would just yep. be so crisp and tasty. Love it. Mm -hmm. hey, Jay, I'll take a pancake. Uh, I'll take a pancake over a Lego Mayo Ego any day. But that type of waffle uh, that, that might beat the pancake. Uh, I love the texture and the taste and the fact that the syrup can just puddle up in those little bitty squares. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I am more of a waffle guy. Okay, uh, we do the Elon Musk thing. We do the pancake thing. Now we're going to bring it back home. Bring it back in. Joe Gaither and I were talking very briefly during the last break. Uh, this is something that. Uh, came out when I was over there kind of on my island at Talladega. Bryce Young's going to the Manning camp, Jay. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. I did, and, and that's normal. Yeah, that, they, they invite. So I, I've been, I was actually went there, I guess, twice um, right after my career. At that time, you couldn't go, I think, until – well, I don't know. Maybe you could have gone. Uh, I'm trying to remember if they even had it going at that particular time. But it was in my NFL and then XFL, and even after that, they would still invite and say, hey, come down and help out with, with the uh, quarterbacks. And say, it's a great camp. And um, I went down and actually spoke uh, both times. And But it's, you know, one of those things where, you know, they bring in as many of those guys as they can. It's a great exposure for them just to be around the Mannings and all that surrounds them. But more, or more importantly, for these young kids that are in high school and even some of the guys who are in college, they maybe haven't had a chance to meet or been around 707 stuff. They develop some cool relationships during that week. 
Hey, go through. Well, obviously, it's popular because of the name. But what do they do? Most Where definitely. is it? In Thibodeau? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, they, it's pretty much, I mean, it's more um, you know, on-the-field stuff, but also off-the-field. I mean, they'll, they'll show film and do certain things to help quarterbacks understand coverages, all that. I'll, 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 what I think it really became, the Manning Academy was what the Bowden Academy was. Remember that was at Sanford for so many yeah. years. And Coach mm-hmm. Bowden started that. He wanted to do it back in his, in his hometown. And he went to Howard, um, you know, played ball there and, you know, all that. So that, that was a you know great place. And at the time when they kind of brought into area, Terry Bowden was the coach at Sanford. So you had Terry Bowden, you had Jimbo Fisher, you had Tommy Bowden, you had all, you know, all the Bowdens uh, with Bobby and his staff would come up and it was quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs with all the different skill guys, linebackers, uh, defensive backs and all that on the other side. So you'd have seven on sevens. You'd have, it really was the beginning of the quarterback kind of training and the quarterback development uh, that coach Bowden was so big on, you know, and uh, I was very blessed to have known that family for many years leading up to the time that I went there. But that to me is where the Manning kind of the Manning Academy and the Manning camps came out of was just that whole idea of what coach Bowden did. Um, I, I'm going to get kind of technical on this deal. What does first of all, just kind of funny, does Arch Manning go to the Manning camp? And is it that a good thing that Bryce is going to be at the Manning camp if Arch is going to be there? Does that lean towards Alabama? <laughs> it, would, it might help him be a little bit of a recruiter for uh, for Alabama to get Arch to be uh, thinking in that direction. And I, again, you know, my, my point to, to Arch Manning. And I know Coach Saban and his staff, I'm sure have said this to him many times, is that, look, you know, your grandfather was amazing. Eli was amazing. Peyton was amazing. Your dad was an amazing athlete at Ole Miss. But all of them went on to win either Super Bowls or whatever else, but none of them have a national championship. None of them have a national title ring. You can get that plus all the rest that follows, and um, hopefully that will be a huge selling point for him as far as uh, choosing Alabama and, um, you know, he, but yeah, to, to be there, to be a part of that, he, he'll definitely be there. He'll be there probably helping as well as, I mean, he's probably going to be going to that camp since he was probably two years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess the other question is Johnny Manziel going to be there and then again, not show up. You remember that? Oh, I know. I do remember that. That, that was not good. And it, that looked really bad on him not to be a part of I me. Mean, you know, you commit to that. You got to go and be a part of it, but it's just such a great event. And, they do such a great job. They have a ton of sponsors around it. So it makes it, you know, great for all the campers and all the stuff that they get, as well as the food and just the accommodations. Everything is great. And, uh, man, some really great talent, some guys that, that you probably, um, may see as time, you know, quarterback position is just tough and any position is tough, but especially that one, it's where you land. It's the offense you're in, the system that you're in, the coaches you're surrounded by, the players that you can play with. It's, it's how successful you're going to be at that position. And so you see these talented players that are there, and you see these guys that are just like, man, I mean, they can throw the ball a mile. They, they can put up big numbers in a camp, put them behind center. And, you know, when the defense is coming at you and uh, the lights are on, it's just different, you know, and, and that's where you got to see how that guy's going to react. And But they do a great job teaching the basic fundamentals. The, the coaches they have there, it definitely is something that's grown tremendously over the last, what, decade or so since they've been doing it. Yeah. Actually, almost two decades, I guess. I wish it was a 
Wish it was a man in camp that he did on Saturday Night Live. That's the funniest dang thing I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my life when he was pegging yelling at those little kids. Yes. They just sent one into the porta potty because he didn't catch something. Yeah. Golly, I want to go. I'm yeah. going to go watch that after the show. Hey, Jay, uh, questions that uh, you might not know the answer to because I certainly don't. Um, is the Manning, and I think they call it the Manning Passing Academy, so I want to make sure and, and, and get it right. Um, are you invited? Um, and is, does it cost? Do you know? Yeah, I think some, some are invited a scholarship, some in as well. I think that it's, um, but you can also participate in it if you want to go be a part of that, if you're not one of the top, but they try to use me the top quarterbacks in the country to come in and, and be there so now with NIL and all this other stuff that's so different. I don't know if there's any recruiting violations that they might have now based on, you know, having a kid come in and paying their way and, and their parents there and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just a great atmosphere. And look, you know, the Mannings just have such a, uh, you know, n- number one, they're, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the uh, first family of football, I guess you might say, when it comes to the college, NFL right now. And uh, they, they want to provide an atmosphere and a place where these guys can come in and learn and grow, get better in a week and have a chance to really develop some skills and, and hear some things from guys that have played the position. And I think it's, I mean, Bryce will be a huge hit there, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, a guy that's, yeah, yeah. you know, um, just got a great personality. What the, they're going to be surprised by his height. I tell you that much. A lot of the high school players are like, "Wow, if this guy can, you know, do it." Well, here's the difference: the guy's no, he, he may not be that tall, but he's got great vision. The way that he moves around, his touch on the ball, and his anticipation and ability to process information is just unbelievable. You know, Braxton has been around all the quarterbacks that have gone on over the last few years. Jalen, Tua. Mac Jones. He said he's never been around a quarterback like this, like Bryce Young. He said he's the best he's ever been around. That that says a lot. That's pretty high cotton right there. Um, funny to look at some of these pictures, and a lot of them are players, and even some of the coaches are still wearing gators. You know the the mask that you pull up. Yeah, that, I think that is that Arch. Uh, I think that maybe is that Arch there. I think it is. Arch on had one on a minute ago. Yeah, and there, there's a young man right there. He has his on. Mm-hmm. Uh, times have changed. <laughs> By the way, yeah. uh, I, I, you've been there. I've been there in, in summer, late spring, whatever. Southern Louisiana, Thibodeau, Louisiana, is about as hot and steamy as <laughs> yes. it can possibly get. I have, I have some heat, and it's a good thing these kids are sixteen, seventeen. I'd, I'd be passing out, but I have a heat question for you, Jay Barker, on the other side of this break. All right. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a mixture of clouds and sunshine. The high today, 84. Clouds move in tonight, a chance of showers, mainly after midnight, the low at 60. Much cooler tomorrow, mostly cloudy with showers ending during the morning, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on the Jay Barker Show, Matt Coulter, and our usual cast of usually uh, behind the scenes, but occasionally they pop on, give me some information. 
Just got this one. Kane Williams, redshirt freshman, Louisiana. He was a four-star when he signed with the University of Alabama. Played one game. I'm getting all this information from other people. I can't recite this off the top of my head. Anyway, he has entered the transfer portal. Uh, thank you for that information. All right. Mm-hmm. Jay Barker and Matt Coulter with you for a final segment. Uh, Jay, when we were doing a lot of stuff at Talladega, it was 85 degrees and you know, these guys are wearing long sleeve shirts and, um, pants and, um, you know, sometimes they're even double layered because they just have to acclimate themselves to the weather. Um, it gets up to, uh, 130 degrees inside the cockpit of those cars and that's the temperature, but you're also wearing, uh, you know, a driver's uniform, uh, from literally your neck. And then your head is totally enclosed by a helmet. I mean, it, it's a, it's baking a human. It's as closest to we can do to that. Um, and I was asking them what they do and what they do is, uh, they hydrate. Some of them have particular, um, not, they don't do energy drinks because, uh, they would rather do Pedialyte and stuff like that. But, um, and you don't, you don't see a lot of obese NASCAR drivers, let's face it. But uh, they were telling experience about what tracks and and certain places they would get the hottest and what they did. Some of them wear cool suits, which are shirts that have these uh, little tubes that run cool water through. But um, one driver told me, I wish I could remember, he said, I don't wear one of those because if they they break, you are up a creek. Uh, But it it led me to think uh, about playing and being athletic in an outdoor setting. Do you, do you remember the hottest you ever were? Oh, gosh. I mean, so many times in Alabama. I mean, it would have been Little League football all the way through. I mean, uh, Tuscaloosa is the hottest place on earth to me in the summertime in August. Uh, it, 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 you know, and it used to have that um, – there was a couple – there was a restaurant there, and then you had the, I think the bakery is still there. And that smell would come out, and, I mean, you'd have guys start just, you know – having really bad issues <laughs> after that because they, some of them couldn't stand the smell that they were smelling and just all heated up and oh. stuff. And now like, I mean, they're out there, they're spraying them down with water hoses. Like we've seen that with some of the video we've yeah. shown before. Uh, they're, um, you know, giving them all the different, you know, drinks they need for us. I and mean, they were giving us like salt pills saying, you can't have water. If you get water, you're weak. Um, and then they started putting the troughs together to where <laughs> you would come up and, you know, the troughs they made out of the PCB pipe and then, They'd cut the or drill yeah. the holes to where the you know come out barely for you to get it at practice and stuff. We we used to actually tell guys, look, if you know, I remember when I was in high school playing free safety and quarterback, and I'd tell our our uh, receivers on the other side, I said, look, I'm going to either knock you out hard enough to get you to get ice, or you need to tell them you're hurt and get ice. So they would get ice to put like on their shoulder or their arm, and we'd go there and sneak the ice so we could just get a little oh, bit wow. of something or you know on our mouths. Oh my gosh, or we'd we'd or we'd take our shirts that were had sweat. And just try to wring out the sweat just to get because you had such a dry mouth. I know that's nasty to say and even talk about on uh-huh. radio, but I'm just being honest. That's how it was. Now, going back to NASCAR, Aldo Greco and I did the NASCAR experience together at Talladega probably a little over 10 or maybe eight or 10 years ago. <clears throat> and first of all, I did a horrible job stick shift getting out of uh, at, at the very beginning of it and getting out of pit row. Uh, Al was off to the races or whatever else. But once I got out there, I'll never forget hitting that first turn. And I mean, I always felt like I was about to fall into the you know bottom of the track. And the guy's like, "Okay, we're going to pick up speed." And we go around, and 
I mean, I got to, I think he ended up getting to 165, 170 miles per hour. I got to about 190, 195, somewhere there. And, and I, I'm, I got the personality of that. Okay. If the guy's telling me to do this, then I'll listen to you. I mean, I was pedal to the floor for 12 laps and it was the most unbelievable, thrilling feeling that I've had maybe in a long, long time. And he would say, aim for the wall. And at the very beginning, I'm like, aim, he goes, aim for the wall. If you aim for the wall, it'll shoot you right down the track. Yeah. And it would, I mean, you felt like you're getting right on top of the wall and boom, it just take you right down, slingshot you. And that's where you'd pick up your speed. And, um, we got done. The guy was like, man, you didn't mean like, he goes, you had a hard time with a stick shift, but once you got out of the track, you're yeah. good to go. And, uh, you want to, you know, I just love that feeling. So after 12 laps, I get out of the car. First of all, getting in the car as a guy, my size, they hooked me up to the Hans device, oh, put yeah. me on stuff, Matt, I, I almost had a panic attack. I almost started like going, I, I can't do this. I got to get out. You know, like I just, I felt so constrained, but once we started moving and he was talking to him the whole time, um, it was one of the funnest, best things I've ever done in my life. But after 12 laps, I was mentally, emotionally, psychologically so exhausted. I'm like, how do these guys do it for 188 laps? And that shows you the type of mental toughness, the psychology and the emotions and all that goes into it. It's just amazing. It absolutely. I'm glad that you told that story and the way you told it, it, it lets you know. And I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of these drivers are small. Uh, and <clears throat> it may sound very elementary, but <clears throat> it's a lot easier for them to get in and out of the car. I, I'm smaller than you are, Jay, but it's tough for me to get in. And I'm a little over six. Uh, a lot of these drivers are five, six and five, eight. They're a lot like golfers here. Like Rory McElroy. You ever been beside him? He looks kind of tall mm -hmm. and thin, uh, you know, and slender. He's, he's, he's the size of Lars Anderson. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It, he's itty bitty. He's itty bitty. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's a fantastic experience. And, and the first time there's no way to describe going up into turn one. The first thing mm -hmm. you think is I really need to turn left here or I'm going to hit that building. <laughs> Die. Because right. it's because it's three it's three it's a three story asphalt concrete building until you get up on it and then you realize that if you don't put it down you're gonna fall into the infield. That's right. Uh, but you you got over that real quick, didn't you? When you got the the need for speed. Yeah, well, two laps into it, I finally realized the, the guy kept saying. You see these great he showed me the groups and I'd see the groups and he'd just get the groove and it was unbelievable. Like and I never really turned the wheel that much. Like I really just kind of just held my hand no. on the wheel and it just turned itself. Like if you if you, if you stayed in the grooves, aim for the walls, it would just kick you down the fair, uh, fair the fairways. <laughs> Not the fairways, but they would kick you down and uh, it was unbelievable straightaways. Yeah, that's what I was like for. Great stuff, Jay. Yeah. All right, the Monday book is, has uh, been read. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at noon on all your local stations and on our platform streaming sites as well. Jay, have a great day. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Michael, Josh, and also Joe. Appreciate you guys. If it gets me nowhere, I know they're proud. Hi, this is Wes McClure.